If I change my relationship with fear, I change my mind, and therefore I change my life. Welcome to Monday Morsels, the abbreviated companion to our full-length Friday interviews. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 No's. Welcome to Monday Morsels. I've got top self-defense expert Tony Blauer. We're calling it a Monday Morsel takeover. And what I want people to think about is Tony is specialized in these heightened situations where your life is literally on the line. But the way that I connected to him originally was the way he spoke about it. He related it to things that I've dealt with already. Also knowing the potential that I may find myself, hopefully not, I may find myself in a situation that he does train, which is getting jumped, getting attacked, uh, car accident coming in, whatever it may be that's traumatizing. But the reason I wanted him on right now in the midst of COVID, in the midst of quarantine, is because when you're listening to what he says, and you can go back and listen to this again, it all applies to your job situation, your homeschooling situation. I had to mute myself because I had the urge to want to jump in every time he got to something that related to something I'm going through right now. Anyway, here he is, top self-defense expert, Tony Blauer. The whole psychology behind the name of your podcast, 10,000 No's, anytime somebody hears no, they get a fear spike. You can't get a fear spike if you didn't care if it was yes or no. So you show up for an audition and your wife kisses you on the cheek and your acting coach says, break a leg and you drive there and you go, I got this, I got this, but you're fucking scared shitless at a certain level, even if you're confident, right? So think about like, like whoever the biggest star you know is, and there's always, there's, there's scenes and movies and TV shows where the actor, uh, uh, you know, goes, they want me to read for this. Can you believe this? I got to read. Well, what is that? That's fear. Like if you didn't care whether you were going to get it or not, you wouldn't care. I made this joke on a podcast recently, Matt, where I said, you know, there'd be no therapy if there was no fear, they'd be out of business because the only reason we have anxiety about something is because we're holding on to something that happened in the past or imagining something bad happening in the future. I, I, I'm going to fuck up this audition. You know, my last three, I got rejected. I don't know if I can take it again. Another no. I met Matt said 10,000. I'm at like 20. This is ridiculous. You know, and what you're doing is it's the acronym that I love to share with people, false expectations appearing real. I've created a movie in my mind that I'm going to fail. And it's happening in the future in my mind. That's really impacting my performance in the present, whether it's showing up for life, showing up for my wife or my husband or my kids, fixing my business or, or getting my shit together for an audition. The, so it's interesting as you peel any onion, you know, just even like, like I said, 10,000 no's is all about really, it could be colon the, the exploration of managing fear in life, right? 10,000 no's. What is that? So it's like, what do you mean you, you, you know, uh, Thomas, good to have you on the show through seance. What do you mean you failed to uh, uh, invent the light bulb 999? You know what I'm saying? It's like, 
when he's doing whatever he's doing, I'll pull my mic down here, pretending it's a light bulb, please. Eureka, shit, it didn't work. I'm not saying that he was scared shitless because he's an inventor, but there's this trepidation, like, is this going to be the one? There's fear, and I need people to understand this. So my biggest, my message in what I do in my workshops and my one-on-ones, my consulting, is I teach people to have fun with fear, to change their relationship with fear. And, and, and I do that because, you know, for, for um, oh God, I, I mean, I've been teaching now 43 years, right? And, and I, it's crazy, man. I turned 60 on Saturday, 60 years old. That freaked me out. And that's unbelievable to me. If people can't, if they're not seeing you and they're just doing the audio version here, they, to me, that's crazy that you're. 60, just mindset, the way you look, all of it. But go on. I'm going to mute myself again so you can continue on. (laughs) And uh, and a lot of that, I mean, a lot of, I'm, I'm, you know, my image here is Photoshopped, right? So uh, I'm joking and teasing. Uh, I wish I could Photoshop my abs because my metabolism has slowed down a lot. But, uh, but I appreciate that. Thank you very much. The, the, this idea, I had this epiphany back in the eighties and I want people to understand like, like I didn't like go, okay, how can I make a bunch of money? Oh, I'll do a fear management course because in fact, fear has a stigma. Fear needs a new agent because when you hear about fear, fear management, we unconsciously reject the word fear because it means we now need to take responsibility for an area in our life that we have trouble dealing with, which is why we have fear. Right. So if you didn't fear fear, how would you feel? If you didn't fear fear, what would you do? Right. And and uh, and we know and you like like as an actor, you live with fear all the time. When's my next role is going to be big. What are the critics going to say? And you may not be like, you you know, as you get older, you're more mature. You go, look, you can't please everybody. We thought we did a good job. It was independent. We were hoping to get picked up. We have all these stories that we tell each other for everything in life. And I really think that if one day, rather than teaching kids some advanced quantum physics theory crap in school, that what we did is we taught them about the psychology of fear, about this idea of managing fear in school. I think about now, and I thought about this on Saturday when I turned 60. Let's say I got here where I'm at. I'm a U.S. citizen finally. Uh, I moved to California when I, I came here when I was 13, I had a dream of, I grew up watching the green Hornet uh, with Bruce Lee. I, I grew up watching, uh, uh, wild Wild West with Robert Conrad fell in love with fighting martial arts. I got attacked when I was 12. I got beaten up. My dad says, you need to learn how to fight for years. I'd already been watching Robert Conrad and Bruce Lee fighting on, on black and white screens in my den. Right. And it was in me. And as soon as I started doing martial arts, I felt like centered and, and powerful. It really resonated with me. So I was like, wow. But I always had fear. I was a competitive skier, gymnast, wrestler. I never enjoyed competing. I always had this thought, I'm really good at this. I'm a good athlete. Why am I so scared? And this was, I would repeat this. If I'm so good, why am I so scared? No one ever explained that, that the feeling of fear, the psychology of fear can trick you like that. Imagine teaching every kid. And let me fast forward. 1980, I started teaching. Decades of teaching. 
always wanted to live in California. My, when I was 15, my mom, uh, you know, said, hey, what do you want to do when you're older? In, in, 19, in the 70s, you had a choice between family business, lawyer, or doctor. Maybe you could be a vet or an astronaut, right, or a fireman, right? These are your, these are your options, right? I looked at her, I'm sitting on the floor looking at Bruce Lee magazines, trying to do the splits. She says, hey, you know, high school is going to end in a couple of years next year. You're 16. You know, what, what, have you thought about what you're going to do? And I looked at her, I said, oh, mom, I'm going to actually be like Bruce Lee. I'm going to be a martial artist who invents his own self-defense system. And she like pat me on the head and goes, okay, sweetheart, we'll talk about this when you're older, right? You know, now she's posting on my Facebook posts, like I'm so embarrassed, I'm 60 and she's going, how do I sign up for this course? I'm old and I'm like, mom, get off my Facebook page, right? But the idea here, the idea here, what I want people to share is if I, if this was everything like that journey that I created in my mind when I was 15, and here I am, a famous martial artist who developed his own self-defense system. I teach all around the world. I teach tier one military, corporations, all this stuff. I have worried so much in my life if I'm going to make it. Will I move to California? Is, is my marriage going to make it? Are my kids going to do well? Am I going to be successful? Will I have the pandemic hits? Am I going to lose my business? And I need people to understand that the system that I developed through the researching of violence, fear, and aggression in the 80s is what has carried me through all the time, where I've said, it's okay to have a fear spike. That's when your physiology changes. You get that nauseous feeling in your stomach, butterflies, sweaty palms, vertical breathing. You have anxiety about shit. You're worrying about shit. No one ever said that that's normal. So when you have a moment of doubt in life, like you, you put in a proposal, like you could start a new business. Is the bank going to finance it? Is your partner going to say yes? Is they, like you can't sleep that night. You're worried. You get a big movie. Coming. Everyone has this stuff, but they don't have a map. So they just think it's like, I'm going to shut my mouth and not say anything. Or I'm going to drink or smoke. Or I'm going to whine to somebody who doesn't really give a shit. Or I'm going to whine to somebody who's in the same boat and then we commiserate. As opposed to, Hey, I got a fear spike. So now what happens is I get a fear spike. I go, oh, this must mean it's outside my comfort zone. I'm actually, you know, nervous about the outcome of this. And it could be a, a, a scenario I need to solve. Like when the pandemic hit, all of my money turned off. You, you know, I don't know if, if you realize that all of my revenue was in-person live courses. I have a training team of 10 uh, uh, trainers all over the world and you do the math, I'm not going to say the numbers, but you know, the courses are between 10 and $20,000 each. I had to cancel 15 of them in March and April. As a boutique company, that's not sustainable. Day one, I was like, okay, this is okay. It's like when the power goes off. You're like, okay, you know what? I got my phone, right? And then like two hours later, you're like, I need the internet to come back on. I can't use the microwave. Like suddenly we realize, you know, what a bunch of whips we are. <laughs> we really like, this is, we're really roughing it now. I don't have electricity. When the pandemic and the lockdown happened, I went, this is okay. And then a day later, when it went from, okay, here's a lockdown, it's a week, it's a month, it might be 12 months, I was like, I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my business. So here I am, a fear management expert. I want to share this with all your listeners because I've taught this to psychologists, to therapists, to tier one operators, to martial artists, to MMA. So I've gone in and helped them create a mindset of resilience for their specialty. And here I am going, holy shit. But 
I knew exactly where I was. I said, this is the fear loop. And the fear loop starts with a fear spike where suddenly I go, I'm breathing differently, vertically breathing. I'm breathing more rapidly. I've got negative images in my head and you're going to love this metaphor as an actor. And I'm, and I'm assuming a lot of people who listen to your show are also in, in the business. When we get a fear spike, our fear spike immediately triggers some sort of visualization. If you get a toothache that doesn't go away, you don't just have a toothache. You start visualizing going to the dentist and him or her saying, you got root canal. I'm going to have to pull this. You need meds. Holy shit, this is really bad. You start like you've created this movie in your mind. You get a flat tire on the way to a meeting. You don't just have a flat tire. You immediately start fast forwarding in your brain. I'm going to be late. I'm going to hit traffic. This is going to change. Oh my God. You start. And then when you start getting emotional and reactive, you start screwing up how fast you can change your tire or how do you solve problems? I tell people in our, in our, in our workshops, you can't solve problems if you become a problem and we become a problem when we stay in the fear loop. So the fear loop metaphorically is our own quicksand. Now you're going to love this metaphor. When we get the fear spike, what happens is we get a moment of doubt. Doubt that goes unchecked becomes hesitation. The hesitation creates more movement in our mind. Hesitation becomes fixation or procrastination. They're interchangeable depending on your scenario. And then unchecked, that becomes non-clinical anxiety where I come over and I go, Matt, what's up? And you go, nothing. Why? What's up? I go, no, you're acting weird. No, nothing. What's going on? You go, ah, I'm just waiting to hear back on this part right? And it's like, you got some money in the bank, you got other things coming up, but you're anxious about that information. So I need your listeners to understand that fear isn't always like this negative pejorative, oh shit, I've got fear. You're not like cowering in the corner, just in the same way that when you're about to cross the street, you pause and you look both ways. You're not scared shitless. You just know that if you don't do that, a car could run you over. So fear, when it's adapted properly, is a useful vibe or energy that you now, you know, put into motion to stay alive. And so um, it's, it's a fascinating thing. So this movie metaphor is this, you get a fear spike. Hey, guess what? Locking down, no movies. We don't know how long. And you're like, okay, wow. Yeah. I was depending on these three rules to pay my mortgage and feed my family. You start getting a fear spike and you start doing this. How long is this going to last? What if this goes to September? How much money do I have? And what you don't realize is you're doing is there's a movie in your mind, false expectations appearing real. And what it's doing is it's projecting a movie in your mind where you are losing. You are going to lose everything. The, the, it's the end of the world. The sky is falling. And you can be in that. And if you don't have the right self-awareness, and the right self-awareness is, again, having that kind of biofeedback self-awareness like, whoa, whew, I'm breathing weird. My heart's racing. What's going on? and or a map, which I share with everybody, our cycle of behavior. And I'll share it with your listeners. We'll, we'll get them an image for it so they can have this map that they look at. But what happens is the movie in your mind is this. You're the director. You're the screenwriter. You're the producer. And you're also the lead. But Matt, guess who you cast yourself as? Victim number one. Instead, you can go, holy shit, why am I visualizing getting dragged off to a secondary crime scene and losing everything? Why aren't I visualizing that I'm the hero? And this comes back to this, like the story a lot of people talk about, but you got to be the hero in your own story. So you can create that same movie, change the channel, 
and go, I'm in, in every action movie, the hero gets his ass kicked or her ass kicked in the beginning. So you go, okay, this is going to suck for a while. But, and this comes back to the two expressions that I love to share. One is you can't solve problems if you become the problem. Because now it's now you're like, you got blindfolds on while you're wallowing in your self-pity. Now I've got to be the action here. I've got to go, what, what am I going to do to get out of this? And the other thing that's so huge is this. Everyone has fear. Heroes have fear. We know what the shitty feeling of fear feels like. And we know what courage looks like in a movie or in a news clip or in a book. We read something and I tell people this. Your intuition whispers in your ear. You need to do this. And then fear says, no, you can't do that. And fear discourages us. And I want this visual that the opposite of fear isn't cowardice. The opposite of fear is discourage. The movie in our mind, and put a hyphen between the letters S and C, discourage, discourage to, to, again, there's that voice in our head, you can't do this, you're not chill. Like when I was a competitive skier, I was like so scared to let down my mom, to let down my dad, to let down my team, that I, I didn't sabotage by not showing up. I would sabotage by not believing in myself. I'd always catch a tip. I'd always ski off the course. I was always going too hard because I didn't believe in myself. I couldn't stay. I figured I had to try harder, that if I tried harder and ran faster, somehow this would manifest. But it was amazing, the thought, and I share it with everybody here. If I'm so good, why am I so scared? Imagine if years earlier, somebody had said, everyone who's courageous is scared. Because if you're not courageous, if you're not scared, then it doesn't require courage to do something courageous. You're just doing it. Jump in front of that bullet. That takes a lot of courage. But if you're not afraid to die, that's no courage. You just jumped. And so I remind people this, and this is, this is I love this sentence. You can't be brave if you're not afraid. It's an easy one to remember because it rhymes. You can't be brave if you're not afraid. And, and this idea here is understanding that if I change my relationship with fear, I change my mind and therefore I change my life. That anytime I get a fear spike, I'm going to tell myself, wow, this is normal. This means I'm experiencing some stimulus outside my comfort zone. What am I going to do with this information? If it's not a violent sudden attack, because that's my background, right? Teaching actual practical self-defense. Um, if it's not a violent encounter where you or your family are in danger, you have time to meditate on that and to stop and, and do some intentional breathing, do something to, to go back to a parasympathetic state, do a little meditation. But the fear spike becomes a cue and a clue to do something cathartic, and that's research. Why am I nervous about this? And if you peel that onion, you might find out, like if I say, why are you nervous about this audition? And you go, well, I always wanted to work with this director. I go, so why are you nervous about the Because if you, if, you, if you don't realign the why you're doing something, then your best self can't show up. So it's a tricky thing. It's like, like that's why I said, like, fear needs a new agent because it needs a makeover because there's a stigma around the word fear. I go, hey, you ready for this? Yeah, I'm good to go. Are you afraid? No. But really go, man, I got to work with this guy. Like this will, and if I peel that onion, you go, well, what I meant was, if I'm in his movie, this will do this for my career. Oh, that's a different level of fear, my career. Yeah, but if the film does well and I do this, it'll open the door for this and this. And you peel it, when you, when you can self-analyze 
you can possibly self-actualize because you have that authenticity. My thanks to Tony Blauer. I love what he had to say. For those of you that don't know it, we had a true 10,000 no's interview a while back. I will put a link to that in the show notes. But for now, what I encourage you to do is listen back and see where it applies to how you've reacted. Maybe you have taken that pause, taken the breath and said, oh, my job's not going away. Everybody is is on pause. Maybe your job did go away. Even if it is that worst case scenario, ask yourself, am I making it worse by getting into what he calls the fear loop? And is there a way if I step out of that loop for a moment, take a breath, is there another door around me through which I could escape from this immediate danger or view this immediate danger from a different vantage point so that it's not having me, I'm having it. Huge thanks to Tony Blauer. He's wearing a shirt. If you're not watching this, he's got a shirt. It says, No Fear, K-N-O-W, Fear. That's his company. It's knowing fear, being aware what fear is, getting familiar with it, not trying to hide it in the closet and pretend it doesn't exist. It exists. It's actually the fuel and the key to your courage and heroism, as he said. Thank you, Tony. And thanks all of you for listening. That's it. We'll see you this Friday with acting teacher, author, director, Anthony Mindel. Thanks for listening to Monday Morsels on 10,000 No's. Any love you can give us by spreading the word to family and friends is greatly appreciated. And be sure to check out our full-length episodes every Friday. We'll see you then. 